Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, James Collins and author Terry James look at the rapture, while Greg Patton will help us deal with grief in a very special living in today's world. We are excited to announce that our website, SWRC.com, now has over 1,000 items listed in our resource center. Brand new books and DVDs on biblical prophecy, as well as classics back in print, in some cases, for the first time in decades. Classic issues of the Prophecy in the News magazine, books by J.R. Church, DVDs and CDs from the vast library of both Watchmen on the Wall and Prophecy in the News. So be sure and visit swrc.com and check out all of the wonderful items. Free shipping on all orders over $100, swrc.com. Now, let's go in the studio and listen in on a conversation between James Collins and Terry James as they discuss the rapture. We are living in a time when we are approaching the end of this dispensation of history. All the signs point to the end of this age and the soon return of Jesus Christ. The rapture could happen at any moment, but are you rapture ready or not? Joining me to talk about Bible prophecy in the end times is Terry James. Terry is the author, general editor, and co-author of numerous books on Bible prophecy, hundreds of thousands of which have been sold worldwide. He is an expert on the subject of Bible prophecy and is a frequent speaker at conferences and churches, and he's been a friend of our ministry for years, and Terry's appeared on our program many, many times. He's one of my favorite authors. Terry, welcome back to The Watchman on the Wall. Well, thank you. are so kind, James. I appreciate very much your words there. Nice to be here. Well, let's talk about this book, Rapture Ready or Not, 15 Reasons This is the Generation That Will Be Left Behind. I want to ask you first about the cover. The cover of this book is different from any other book on Bible prophecy that I have seen. The cover has a photo of a young millennial with a beard and an earring. He has his arms crossed, and he looks like he sort of has an attitude. What is the story behind this cover? I think it was kind of a stroke of genius because I didn't do it, but it was, I think, at our publisher, New Leaf Press. I think they had a real idea about how to reach young people, and of course that is an iconic picture, you know, of a young man. Let me tell you a story about that. Well, about a year and a half after the book was published, and it did really well, I think, and so had this one young man email or call the publisher and said he was going to sue because that was his picture on there. And there was, <laughs> there was no way of proving it, but that just kind of shows you how much impact this picture had <laughs> on the young people. And he was going to make some money because he thought that was him. Actually, I think it was just a composite, you know, of, of various young men as they, as they dressed during that time. Well, the book Rapture Ready or Not is subtitled 15 Reasons This is the Generation That Will Be Left Behind. And you give a different reason in each chapter. Let me just give you a reason, Terry, and let you explain that reason. The first reason that this is the generation that will be left behind is the many scoffers what did you mean by that? The Bible says, and I think it's Second Peter, that in the last days, scoffers will come, saying, since the Father fell asleep, all things remain as they were. First Peter 3, verse 4, I think it is. 
So we see that everywhere. I mean, the rapture is scorned for some reason. I don't know why people are so against it, except maybe that uh, Satan wants it that way, and people really come against it and mock it and so forth. And so that's what that idea was about. The second chapter is titled UFO Sightings and Other Strange Stuff. And the reason you give there is that this is the generation prepared to believe the strong delusion found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. What does UFO sightings have to do with this being the left-behind generation, Terry? Well, I just think that, again, we're being prepared for that time when God's going to send great delusion to those who did not believe before the rapture. And after the rapture, those people who didn't believe are going to be sent great delusion. The Bible plainly teaches that. And I think that I'm not the only one that believes that all these UFO sightings, particularly now they ratcheted up just recently, I think that's being prepared as they're going to be ascended masters or space brothers come back to make all things right on planet Earth, be part of the Antichrist system, I think. They're going to have an excuse, a reason for why all these people disappeared. And I believe particularly every child on this Earth that's below the age of accountability, and that's just every one of them, all children will be gone, including babies in the womb, and there's going to have to be an explanation for that, and I think UFO stuff is going to be one of those explanations. The third reason you give is the world population is in ever-increasing distress with great perplexity. Why do you say that planet Earth needs a shrink? (laughs) Well, if anybody looks around for just five minutes on a daily news cycle and sees some of the insanity going on, Men can be uh, women, women can be men, <laughs> boys can be girls, girls can be boys. Let me tell you, that's reprobate thinking of Romans chapter 1, verse 28. It says God will send a strong delusion those who turn their back on him. And all those characteristics of end-time men Paul gave in Second Timothy, I think it is, and then also all of he gave in the following that Romans 1, 28 verse where he says, I give me a reprobate mind. And all those characteristics where people turn their backs on God, and certainly America, I'm afraid, in a large sense, has turned its back on God, and we have all this reprobate thinking at the very top of our government. One of the chapters in Rapture Ready or Not that really stood out to me, Terry, was the one titled Big Brother for a Not-So-Brave New World. Now, that chapter had to do with technology. What role does technology play in the last days? Well, there must be a technology for Antichrist when he and his regime come into power for tracking people. Because it says, you know, Revelation 13, verses 16 through 18, that all will be required to take a mark and number, and uh, they don't buy or sell unless they have it. Well, you're going to have some kind of really sophisticated, I think, satellite technology and everything else with the global positioning satellites. That's just kind of the beginning. The possibility of people being chipped so that they can be followed I heard somebody say, I think on the program today, I heard him say that they had a T-shirt that said something like, now you see, I had it right, didn't I? Because he predicted all of this back in 1947 with his book, 1984, and then, of course, Aldous Huxley with uh, Brave New World did some of the same things, and we're seeing that now come to pass. Doesn't Daniel talk about uh, technology and travel increasing in the last days? And when I think about uh, some of the Bible prophecies For example, in the book of Revelation, it talks about the entire world being able to see the two witnesses. How could that have been possible without the technology that we have today? Everyone has a television in their cell phone in their pocket right now. They can be anywhere in the world, and I've heard that 5G technology and so forth is really going to make it the darkest places in Africa. 
and now have cell phone capability and even paid for by the UN and some other offices. So they'll be able to see you know, through the satellite technology. The two prophets murdered and lined the streets for three and a half days and be raised by God into heaven. They're going to be able to see that, this technology. And, of course, Daniel said in the last days, you know, that the book will be open. All of this same stuff will be explained, and certainly we're at that time, I think, and the, the, the book of Daniel is a prophecy as it has been opened. You write about vampires, zombies, transhumans, and other fiends. We see all of this craziness going on, that people want to be these things. They seem to be glomming on to transsexuality, and they have a vampire cult. They want to be vampires and drink blood. They want to do all this kind of crazy stuff. And it's just demonic activity. It's the Antichrist spirit entering in the hearts of mankind during this last... Uh, it's like there are young people in particular. One reason why we want to do the book with a cover. Young people in particular fall for this kind of stuff because for them there's some romance to it or something. Something different. Terry, today we see the nations in alignment for the wind-up of human history in accordance with Bible prophecy. How is the alignment of nations setting the stage for this generation to be left behind? Well, I can give you just a couple that really stand out. And that is, of course, Russia, Turkey, Rosh, Togarma, and Persia, which is Iran. Those three are coalescing above Israel. They're going to be the three leading nations that lead the rest of the surrounding neighbors against Israel in Ezekiel 30-39 Gog-Magog war, according to Ezekiel the prophet. And, of course, Israel itself being back in the land and being a center of controversy for the whole world. Zechariah told us in chapter 12 that the whole world is going to burden itself with Israel. That's what's going to cause them to be ruptured, the whole world. Joel chapter 3, verse 2 says they're going to divide Israel, divide the capital, especially Jerusalem and so forth. And that's what's going to bring the wrath of God down upon them when they do that. And he'll bring all the nations of the world into the Valley of Jehoshaphat, which is actually Megiddo and Armageddon. That's where we're going to have Armageddon. This is James Collins, and I'm talking today with Terry James about the book Rapture, Ready or Not, 15 Reasons This is the Generation That Will Be Left Behind. You can order a copy now by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. We also have a DVD that we are offering with the book. The DVD is titled Nearing Midnight, and it consists of two presentations made by Terry James at the 2015 Prophecy in the News Summit. Again, you can order the book, Rapture Ready or Not, and the DVD, Nearing Midnight, when you call 1-800-652-1144 or online at swrc.com. Terry, reason number seven is the incessant call for peace and safety. What do you mean by that? The first one is, I think it is, chapter five. So that, you know, they in the last day they'd be calling for peace and safety. Well, right now we see that. Particularly, they're trying to make peace. That's what they want to do, make peace in the Middle East. They say that Israel and its neighbors offer the greatest potential to ignite a nuclear war, for one thing. They call for peace and safety. People are looking for peace and comfort. They don't want strife, and they just want to be assured that they can live in peace. And it's going to get more ratcheted up the closer we get to Christ's return and, of course, to the rapture preceding Christ's return at Armageddon. This peace and safety is a major thing, particularly as it involves the nation Israel. So the more we hear about the peace treaties and 
being considered with Israel involved, well, we think of Daniel chapter 9, verses 26-27, about the Antichrist who will confirm a covenant for a week of seven years, symbolically a week, seven days, but representing seven years. When Israel signs on to that covenant with Antichrist, that's what brings God's wrath and the tribulation. Terry, I love the title of chapter 8, Want to see some nasty end-time pictures. Now, what is the meaning behind that attention-getting title? We go through a number of things that are going on, particularly, I think, the Apostle Paul's perilous times. And we can chronicle so many things that are going on. and It's just like taking snapshots of what Paul was talking about. For example, the love of many shall grow cold. Well, there's two particular things in that regard that we can point to. Number one... I think, is is abortion. My goodness, what the most natural thing in the world is for a mother to to love his child and want to nurture it. But now we're told that they should do away with their child because they don't want to bring it into the world and not be able to take care of it and so forth. And so it's just just a lie from hell. And the second thing is homosexuality. They purport that to be an alternate kind of love. Well, it's not love. It's God calls it an abomination. If God calls it an abomination... It's an abomination. Yes, sir. And that's just one instance. We go all the way down the line. People become traitors, you know, heady, high-minded traitors. I mean, we've seen some of the terrible traitorous activity within the American government in the so-called administrative state. In just the last five, ten years, we've seen such traitorous treachery. And we've seen it just recently in the news. There's so many of these characteristics of end-time men that Paul put out. By the way, there are no pictures in the book at all, in case you're interested. (laughs) Terry, one of the best chapters in the book is the chapter about the deceivers, false prophets, and false Christ. You kind of go through history and name the names of cult leaders. Why is this one of the signs that this is the generation that's going to be left behind? Well, because we see the false prophets down through the years, and we see them now. We see all kinds of things on television. We see everything. We see the Pope. The Pope, for example, he says there are many ways to Christ, uh, many ways to God, rather. He's buddies with some of the Islamic clergy. He's made statements like, you know, there are many ways to God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Well, the Pope says that's just nonsense. He's a false teacher. He's a false prophet. I'm not condemning Catholic people and people who are Catholics. I am casting aspersions on the Catholic religion in general because it's a false system of worship. Terry, you write about Israel in chapter 13. Isn't the modern nation of Israel the super sign of Bible prophecy? Yes, that is a super sign. Come along with it is convergence of all the other signs coming on on at the same time. But yeah, Israel is the number one signal. God himself scattered throughout all the nations. He uh, said they would come back into their own land and would have their own language, which they do right now. Zola Levitt once told me, he said, I was on with J. Vernon McGee, and J. Vernon McGee said that Israel could go out of the land and, you know, it could go on for years and years, and then that would be it. And then they'd come back at some other time. This made Zola furious, and I think they got in a big argument kind of on TV. I'm sure they made up for it by now, and they're both in heaven. But Zola said, nope, they're back in the land to stay, just like God said. And boy, can we see that happening, because everything that happens, it seems like surrounds Israel in one way. No matter which way, I always like to say, no matter which way the cameras turn, they always turn right back there to Israel and to Jerusalem and to 
the Temple Mount in particular, because that's God's touchstone to humanity, where the veil was rent from top to bottom. May we as a country never forget that God said, I will bless those that bless Israel and curse those that curse Israel. Terry, the book is great. Rapture, ready or not, 15 reasons this is the generation that will be left behind. It would be a great book, by the way, for a young person. If there's a listener out there who would like to get a copy of this book for a young person, I think they would be blessed by it. Great teaching throughout the book. Terry, you're one of my favorite authors. It was a pleasure to visit with you today. Well, God bless you, James. Thank you so much and look forward to coming back someday. God's prophetic timeline shows that we are rapidly moving toward the moment when the seven-year tribulation will begin. Today, we're offering the Terry James End Times Collection, featuring the Nearing Midnight DVD and the books Cauldron and Rapture, Ready or Not. These three resources will help you be informed and equipped with Bible-based knowledge. Order the Terry James End Times Collection when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. We've all experienced loss and the grief that comes from that loss. Greg Patton is here to share from the heart about grieving. Let me go heart to heart with you today, if I may. Most of you have heard probably via this radio program or our regular program called Hello World that we have recently lost one of our children. My youngest son, Benjamin, who lived with us, died in the backyard of a heart attack with valiant efforts of his mom, a former nurse, trying to save him with mouth-to-mouth and chest compressions. It just didn't work. I don't know how long it takes to get over something like this, but I think that maybe today's program will encourage you. Maybe you've had a loss of a family member or a a friend. It'll help you in the days ahead when you do. I have everything seems to bother me right now. Got a letter. My son donated all of his organs to others. Dear Greg, it's difficult to convey with words the depth of our gratitude to you and your family for Supporting your son's donation of tissues for transplantation. Surely a gift of this type is one of the finest gifts that one person can ever give. Even though it's born of tragedy, we sincerely hope that your decision to support donation will bring a sense of peace now and in the future. Sight is truly a priceless gift. It's precious. And a living memorial to your son, Benjamin. Your decision to support that donation and your caring and concern for the welfare of others is very much appreciated by us. Those who experience a new hope and a new life through your giving will remember your son in a very special way in the days ahead. Could there be in all of this world a greater gift? I would interject here, yes. It's introducing someone to Jesus Christ. Jesus gave us the gift, eternal life, and we have the privilege of passing that on by telling others about him and hopefully getting them to the throne of grace for they can trust Jesus Christ as Savior. This letter, this is from the Indiana Lions Eye Bank, by the way. In honor of your son, we're sending you the enclosed keepsake medallion. All this kind of stuff right now just bothers me. Pictures. We're going through his clothing. He and I were working a great deal in the backyard in landscaping and his garden. 
I wanted him to have the first tomato out of the garden, and he was waiting. And it's interesting, the day that I really believe that he died, actually, which was on a Thursday, I came home from the hospital. He was in ICU for a couple of more days, but I came home from the hospital, and right there, out of the 21 tomato plants, was one red ripe tomato. Wow. Stuff like that. I find it hard right now. Maybe you can understand this. To go in the backyard. It just kind of makes me sick to my stomach. Certainly as a father of six children, all these grandchildren, great-grandchildren, we have suffered many losses. It was ironic to me that my son Benjamin died less than three feet away from where my grandson had died on a couch in the family room, right through the window, right there's where my Benjamin was sitting. I was kind of looking at that negatively. I mean, I didn't want to go into the family room for weeks after that death. One of the men in the church said on Sunday, those are special places. In both instances, for your grandson Gavin and your son Benjamin, they graduated to glory from that very spot. Yeah, a lot of it is your thinking as a man thinketh in his heart. That's what he is. You know, I've discovered that you are never prepared for the death of a loved one. And children, it's extremely difficult. I don't care what their age. No matter the circumstances of that loss, there's always a sadness there. There's always going to be a heartache there. There's always going to be an emptiness. Life will never be the same. As you struggle to go on with your life after a loved one has passed, you face painful questions. How can you handle this anguish and this grief and this heartache? How can you find peace and joy, any meaning in life in the days ahead? How can you learn to trust life and love again? Can you trust God? Those are the kind of questions, let's be real honest, that come up. One gentleman wrote of his loss, One fateful day years ago, a car crash took the lives of my wife, Chrissy, and our oldest daughter, Christine, and my wife's parents, who were visiting at the time. After that accident and trying to help my two surviving daughters understand what had happened, I realized that I was utterly, I was just vacant and unsure and angry. I experienced deep depression. Now, I got to say, for me personally, I have not been there. I don't know if I'm going to go there. However, all of a sudden, all of my other five kids, that's exactly what they're going through now. And Ben's best friends, I've talked to them. They are all going through deep depression right now. This man goes on in a real way, though my need to help Amy and Katie sort through their feelings and questions help me sort through my own. You know, many times you can't come up with any simple answers or solutions to all of that pain you're experiencing, that great loss. I might have a couple of thoughts for you today that I think will be helpful. You know, I'm beginning to think that a key to all of this is really accepting your feelings. Whether your loss has come in a swift and dramatic fashion, Ben had a heart attack. I told my wife the other day I can't imagine a better way for him to go. When you think of all the losses that people have every day, what, 166,000 people awoke today and their life ended on earth here today. Well, was it long expected? Your feelings, either way, are no doubt long and intense and painful. Along with sadness, you may be hit by a flood of other, sometimes conflicting feelings. You might have some anger and you feel helpless and fear and guilt and regret and loneliness and despair. All those things can come in and you have to learn to respect these feelings as part of who you are, a testimony to your intense love and your great loss. And 
Only when you're able to accept and even embrace those feelings as natural and quite normal and an integral part of your healing process in life are you able to work through them. At times, you may want to suppress or avoid those feelings altogether with some sort of distraction or busyness or doing other things, and that's certainly understandable. And it may even be necessary sometimes, but eventually, your emotions are going to surface. Grief will demand your attention. You need to give it that attention willingly, and you'll make this whole process of life easier. Friends are so important, you need to let people know where you're coming from and what your needs are. Well-meaning people all over the place will come your direction. Sometimes actually can cause you, as it has for us, discomfort. I kind of say I don't want to talk about it. Their words about God's will or about how they knew just how you feel or about how things always will work out for the best, those just seem so shallow, so hollow. When someone's attempt to comfort you only deepens the hurt, remind yourself that that person has really good intentions. They love you. They want the best. And just forgive them. Forgive him or her for not understanding where you really are. Yep, be open to the pain of your broken heart, my friend. God enters your life through brokenness. Feeling overwhelmed with everything going on in your regular responsibilities of life? Call on people around you. Death makes life all the more precious, doesn't it? I felt so fortunate to have all my other kids to hold on to through all of this, my wife. But I know that many people who lose someone close feel abandoned, alone, as if they have no one else or nothing else to live for. If you feel this way, get to those people of faith. Go to your pastor, certainly going to God and sharing your heart. Draw on faith for healing. You may feel cheated in life as you struggle to make sense of all of this, but that's okay. It's even okay to be angry with God, I think. But also realize that your loss is not God's punishment to you or some attempt to test you. God shares the hurt in your heart, and no one loves you more than He does. And He wants to lead you to new hope and new peace and a new way of life. Grieving goes through many stages. Shock, numbness, denial, depression, confusion, fear, bitterness, guilt, acceptance, hope. These stages come in different orders any number of times. Give yourself time to move on, my friend. The one that you have loved and lost will always be with you in your memory. God gave you that, and in your prayers. As impossible as it may seem right now, a time will come when you will be able to think of your loved one and feel a sacred connection between the two of you without that pain and emptiness that you're feeling today. A time will come when you will want to laugh and live and, oh yes, love again. Let that happen. Let yourself heal in your own time and in your own way. And the one that you have loved and lost really would want it that way for you. And you know that's true. And finally, just let me say, I was so glad that I accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, and my Ben did on the farm up there in Busco. His mama led him to Christ so many years ago. So it was easy for me to, one last time, touch his head and say, Son, good night, buddy. I'll see you in the morning. Today, we are offering the Terry James End Times Collection, featuring Nearing Midnight DVD and the books Cauldron and Rapture, Ready or Not. These three resources will help you be informed and equipped with Bible-based knowledge. Order the Terry James End Times Collection when you call toll-free 1-800-652-1144. 
That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. Tomorrow, Pastor Michael Hoggard examines the UFO phenomenon. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by simply subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com. <laughs>